Hiring, that's what we're talking about on this edition of the 37 Signals podcast. I'm Matt Linderman. We'll be talking with Jason Freed and David Hanemeyer Hansen. Uh, I started off asking David about finding candidates. What's the best way to do it? Here's his answer. It really depends on who you're looking for. We have a, we're blessed with an easy access to programmers and designers because programmers and designers are uh, at least originally the bulk of our audience. So we are already talking to lots of programmers and lots of designers through the weblog, through the software we put out, through the open source contributions we've done. So we've been pretty lazy on that front since it's been so easy. We can just tap into that, and that's basically what we've done. When we asked or, or look for a designer or programmer, we just put something on SVN, and we generally get very good responses. So I think that uh, because we've had it so easy with designers and programmers, we've, uh, we've been a little spoiled. Because when we now have to hire for, for other roles, say customer support, or we look for a, um, a data person, or we've looked for an office manager, or some of these other things that aren't naturally part of our audience, we've actually have to do what... what quote-unquote normal companies have to do when they have to hire, which is, it's hard. Like, we've been trying a bunch of different things. We ch- tried on our own job board with varying levels of success for, for some of these positions. Then we tried on Craigslist, and we tried on Indeed.com, those two. We tried those recently. And I have to say, I'm, I'm afraid for the state of the nation. Some <laughs> of these applications that we got for, for some of these positions were so atrociously bad that I it just it is depressing. It is really depressing because I feel like we're not making it that complex. So the job postings we're putting up are really simple. They're written in a human language. We're asking for a few simple things. The instructions on how to apply are really clear and straightforward. The whole thing is less than a page, right? Like we're probably putting up five paragraphs. If I had to guess, I'd probably say that sixty to seventy percent of the people applied could not even finish reading five or six paragraphs before they applied. They didn't even follow the most rudimentary instructions on how to get this stuff to, to us, and it was just helplessly poorly written. Like you don't have to be Shakespeare to apply, but I expect at least like a sixth grade level writing skills and just the amount of misspellings and just poorly worded paragraphs and just getting the company name wrong like, mm-hmm. I know it sort of seems like a petty thing uh, I mean what do you care whether they put a space in between the 7 and the S or the lowercase or not to me it just shows a level of detail and, and it it feels like a small thing and, and it was a small thing actually compared to how much other shit that was wrong with these applications. It was just terrible. I was really, really sad, actually, because who the hell is going to hire these people? Like, who is going to read some of these atrociously bad applications and think, yeah, that's the person I've been looking for? Like, what? Uh, And there's so many people who are out of a job that you, that it just feels, it feels like a waste. It feels like we've had open positions on a couple of positions for quite a while, and we've been going through, and we admittedly are probably ludicrously picky. Like it's, we're very hard to please. But 
there's that, which is like, that's the kind of people we'll ultimately hire, the ones who, who get through that. And then there's a much larger set of people where I would say, yeah, okay, if we weren't ludicrously picky, we could have picked somebody there. That pool is much smaller than I would have expected. The largest pool by far is, I would not hire you to sweep my floors. Like, it's just, anyway, I, don't, I don't even know how to put words to it. It was just, uh, just astonished how bad it was. And I was especially astonished how bad it was from, from some of these things like Indeed.com and Craigslist because I'd heard from other people that they'd had good success on Craigslist. I was like, where are you looking? What are you doing? What, what magic are you applying to not get these um, atrociously bad applications? So I think this is a general trend. I think that there's people out there who are desperate to get a job, and I can absolutely understand that. Um, and I think what they're doing in their desperation is that they're going for quantity. They are seeing a job posting, and maybe it's not quite a clear fit, but they will just spend 40 seconds skimming the job post and then blast off their CV with a poorly written paragraph or two words as a cover letter. And then they'll think, all right, I got one in the bag. Now I can do another 50 today. And then they, I mean, I'm just making theories here, but then just blasting out 50 thinking, I'll get lucky. At some point, I'll get lucky. Like this is sort of just a numbers game. And I just, it, it's just not. I, I would think it's so much better if somebody just spent a whole day applying to one, two, or three positions where they actually researched the company, found out what they did, sort of had an angle, and just made a, a killer application. Like That's the kind of people who will actually get taken seriously for this stuff and get it to an interview and then have a chance of landing the job. So I think sort of like the, the shotgun approach is just, I think that's what we saw. I think what we saw was shotgun ap- approaches where people applied for 50 positions and we just happened to be one of them. And it just, I can't see where this is going to work. Well, let's talk about when we do post uh, at Signal versus Noise, so you know, that there's an opening for a new job. Um, it seems like, you know, there's a slightly different approach that we have than when other people are, are looking for candidates. What, what's the attitude when you, you put one of those posts up and, you know, there's usually some sort of mini project or assignment that goes along with it. Why is that, you know, something that you think is a good idea? One of the things we've realized is that it's really hard to judge certain types of work. Um, it's not that hard for us to judge programming because we can look at people's code and their open source contributions. It's not that hard to judge design necessarily if you can look at someone's design work or their personal blog or whatever. But things like customer service specifically uh, has become really hard to judge. It's hard to tell if someone's good at customer service because their work isn't public most of the time. Um, And uh, it may not ever be public. And so one of the things we've decided to do, especially with the customer service job, is part of the application is First of all, explaining what you're going to do every day. So it's not about your qualifications necessarily. It's just actually these are the things you're going to do every day. And if you'd like to do those things, you'd probably want to apply for the job. So we're very clear about the things that, you'd be, that you're going to be asked to do on a daily basis. Plus, we asked for three writing samples. Um, we created some scenarios, and we wanted to see some writing samples. How would someone respond to those, to those scenarios or those customers? And we found that it was a fantastic way to um, whittle down the pool from 185 or so applicants that we got for the customer service job um, down to a short list of maybe 10 people who we thought were um, qualified at the level we wanted, and then we could whittle that down even further. But the writing samples were the first things I looked at. Um, 
and you can tell really quickly if this person is, is right or not. Uh, and it's way easier to tell that from a writing sample than is looking at a resume. Because everyone's resume can look all right. But you can't fake the funk on a, uh, on a writing sample when, when, when the question is, how do you tell what would how would you tell a customer um, that they can't have a refund for this or how would you tell a customer um, that we don't offer this but we offer that like how would you deal with that situation that scenario and that speaks far far more than you know years of experience or how proficient you are with this piece of software or where you've worked in the past and how about cover letters what's when you get a cover letter what are you looking for there um, I'm looking for a cover letter that was written for us and uh, not just a cover letter where we had our name find and replaced, basically, which is what you see most of the time. Um, you know, it says, like, dear hiring manager, and it just, like, it could be to anybody. But people who actually take the time to talk about the company, 37 Signals, or what, what they admire about the company, what they like about the company, or it's just something that shows that they paid attention at all. At the very least, they've just paid attention and, and recognize that anybody who's reading a letter um, about something like wants to hear themselves in that letter like it's just a basic thing like if you're going to write someone a letter about the job you know they should try and flatter like they should try and flatter the person who's going to read it and one great way to do that is to say how much i like your company and to actually speak intelligently about the company not just say i found your company online and, and it looked pretty cool i mean that's not that's not it but like hey i really like your products uh, especially this one because of that and in my other job i might have I, I use this or i really like the guy the way you guys spoke about this particular topic Something that shows someone spent, you know, even just a few minutes on researching the company. Um, that's the kind of stuff I typically look for, besides simply writing skills, which are really important. But um, is this or was this written for us or for somebody else? And then if someone does get past that stage and you're interviewing someone, what's a, what's a typical interview with 37 Signals going to be like for a person? I think if we're at that point where we brought someone in, um, it's mostly just about getting to know them, feeling them out, you know, um, is this the kind of person, is the cultural fit right? Um, you know, what's their demeanor like? Um, we also introduce them, typically try to introduce them to the people they'd be working with. So for support, um, when we brought people in, we, we had them go out to lunch with the support team and just so the support team could have some feedback on whether or not they like this particular person and if they felt like they all got along, things like that. Um, so it's not so much... You know, we've already sort of hammered out the basics before we brought them in. It's more about, like, what are they like as a person in person now? Um, that's the main thing. And then we've also started doing these personality assessments. Um, David, maybe you want to chat about that? Sure. There's uh, a bunch of companies out there who do these uh, remotely, and, and we've been using somebody called Caliber, which is basically letting a applicant spend an hour filling out an uh, online questionnaire where they're saying, like, what is more like you? You get like four different statements and and what they're trying to find out is um, just some personality traits are what's more important to you, thoroughness or urgency, for example. There can be a, a reasonable split. It's not like you're all thorough and no urgency or, or all urgency, no thoroughness, but getting a sense of where somebody falls on a spectrum is, is pretty helpful. And what's actually interesting is that usually it's just confirming things that you already had a suspicion about or you already saw in person. It's just, it's verbalizing some of the things you would take away from an in-person meeting and basically just giving you, oh yeah, that's right. I, I sort of picked up on that. Maybe there was something here that wasn't, uh, like maybe this person needed more external structure. They weren't going to just come up with their own sort of workflow or, or way to do things. Um, so it just gives you a, another perspective on things that's 
I think we've found to be really helpful. It's mostly just that it, it serves to back up the intuition or, or the themes you already picked up. Um, so it seems like it's more of a supporting tool than it's really like the true deciding tool. It just it it keeps reminding you about oh yeah oh these were the sort of it's sort of like notes. It, it's it's a way of of having like notes taken for you for an in person meeting. And during the interviews, when you're trying to feel someone out, what sort of questions do you ask them? Um, it really kind of depends on the position. Uh, one of the good things just to ask is like, you know, what'd you do yesterday? Like at your job yesterday, like what'd you do? And just kind of see how they explain that. You know, do they explain it in a very sort of concise manner? Like at nine, I got to the work at 9 a.m. and I did this. Or do they sort of talk about the problems they solved? Or do they talk about the people they interacted with? It's just sort of, you know, the more general the question and the less leading it is, I think the better. You can just let someone talk and you start to start to sort of see what they, you know, how they describe things. And from that, you can sort of discern what they consider to be important and, uh, and you know, what they don't. Because when you're going to describe anything, you're, you're going to pick. There's a million things that happen all the time. You know, right now I can talk about the fact that I'm talking into a microphone. I can talk about the fact that microphone is a little bit off-white. I can say there's a mouse in front of me. I can say I'm using Skype. I can say I'm in a soundproof room. There's a million things I can say about what we're doing right now. I can talk about the lighting, talk about the echo in the room. I can talk about that I'm in Chicago and you're in New York. I mean, there's all these things you can talk about. So what are the things that I would choose to talk about when I answer a question? That starts, starts, to, give, or starts to give me an insight into what, what type of person someone is and by the sort of things they choose to describe. And the thing is, as Jason was saying, by the time they get into the office, we already have a pretty good idea of their skills because we will have done some sort of testing up front, right? So we know what kind of writing they do or whatever. So it's more just getting the vibe. Like when you just hear somebody talk for 15 minutes, you there's just something instinctual that will tell you whether that's a good fit or not a good fit. And it's kind of hard to it, – it's probably just everything. It's what they choose to talk about. It's how they choose to talk about it. It's sort of their mannerisms. It, it's everything that somehow your brain uh, processes and you get a feel. Is this right or not? It's really, it's really that simple. And it doesn't matter that much. I mean, you should ask good questions and everything. But what's more important is just having that person talk for 15 minutes. That usually seems to be to be good enough to inform uh, inform the rest of it, which is more objective. Like if somebody writes uh, a response to one of these tests, we have it's pretty objective. Like Jason and I can look at that and like, okay, that's it. This person, uh, this in-person meeting is much more subjective. Like if if somebody comes into the room and I just don't like that person for whatever reason, we're not going to hire them. Like that, it's as simple as that. We're not going to hire people we just don't gel with or don't don't like and sometimes you just get you get a bad vibe and you couldn't pick up on that some you just need the in-person meeting to to either uh, pick up on that or not pick up on that sometimes people can look great even in the sort of the the work they've done beforehand or, or what they reply to your question you're like yeah this seems like a pretty good person then you get them in person and you're like and eh, no there's just something there that wasn't there wasn't a good fit All right, that'll wrap it up for this edition of the podcast. As always, you can go to 37signals.com slash podcast to find links to previous episodes. Uh, we've got related links there and transcripts also. Thanks for listening. Bye.